Hey there, welcome back to the Asia Healthcare Podcast. I hope everyone's had a good year so far. As some of you know, I was in Korea last month attending the IDF Congress, and I recently published a piece about the Congress, which has now been published on MedTech Intelligence. So if you're interested in reading about the future of diabetes management in Asia, I'll put a link in the show notes. So after the New Year break, I took a trip to Singapore and I was really trying to maximize my time there, meeting as many people as I can, friends, colleagues, old contacts, and I was hoping to also meet some health tech companies and maybe record a new episode for the podcast. And thanks to my friend Nick, he introduced me to my guest for this episode, Chris Clark. Chris is working for Hello Health Group, and if you Google search Hello Health like I did, you're not likely going to find that many search results. They're pretty under the radar, but they are actually low-key playing a very important role for healthcare in Asia, and that is through providing important and relevant healthcare content and information for patients. So it was a real treat for me to speak to Chris because I feel like I'm A, discovering a new uh, under-the-radar company, and B, because I love meeting new companies and learning about what they do, and hopefully through this channel I can support these types of healthcare companies by sharing their message and asking you as our listeners here to do the same as well. So I met up with Chris at his office downtown and I asked him more about Hello Health, what they actually do, and we covered a bunch of other topics too, like what are his thoughts on people's health literacy here, uh, data privacy concerns, how they operate effectively across different markets in Asia and goals for 2020. So make sure you take a look at the show notes for more details and ways you can support and connect with Hello Health in the future. For now, let's hear from Chris, who I spoke to in Singapore. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Asia Healthcare Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Chan, and today I am in Singapore on this Friday morning, and I'm joined by Chris Clark. Chris is the Chief Operating Officer and Senior Vice President of Southeast Asia of Hello Health Group. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, thanks for your time and uh, sharing about uh, what you're doing in Hello Health Group. But uh, before we get into a bit more detail about your daily work, can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you ended up with Hello Health Group? Sure. So um, I'm from the UK originally, studied there, and then when I graduated, I actually moved out to Malaysia in 2013, uh, working mostly in digital health. Uh, do all digital startups, um, not not health related. Actually, mostly e-commerce. Um, I joined uh, Zalora, which is was under Rocket Internet in Vietnam and Singapore, and then uh, in 2016, uh, I moved over and joined Hello Health in its early days, um, and have been working here ever since, building the business. So yeah, it's really exciting, um, and sort of healthcare. I've always had a passion for it personally. But you know, now I have the opportunity in a way to build a healthcare-based company. It's quite exciting. But before that, it was mostly e-commerce and digital, always digital. Um, and then we sort of applied that to the healthcare space. Mm, yeah, it's you know really exciting that the digital healthcare space is starting to grow, especially in Asia. Um, so, can you tell us a bit about you know health health group? Um, I'm sure a lot of people are not really familiar with your company, so how would you describe uh, Hello Health Group to someone who's kind of new to this space? 
Uh, so Hello Health, um, we're a health tech startup. We primarily build um, digital platforms across Asia. Um, the premise of the platforms is to enable um, better education and information to be provided to the general population. So uh, we produce, um, verify, publish healthcare content, uh, text, videos, infographics, quizzes, tools, etc. Uh, all on our website in local language as well. So all our platforms are localized to the specific market that they're in, um, both in terms of look and feel, content, name, etc. And uh, all the content is, is free to access for the public. Um, so we target primarily patients and consumers. Um, we do have some doctors and healthcare professionals using our platform as well, um, but primarily it's patients and consumers. The sort of longer term vision is ultimately to democratize access to healthcare information. So regardless of your income or your education, we believe we are able to provide free access for everybody to you know, basic information to enable them to make better choices for their health. Uh, at the moment we see in Asia, a lot of people either don't have the wealth to go to see a doctor all the time they're sick, um, but also a lot of people are making you know, bad choices for their health, right? That are damaging, either drinking too much, smoking, not exercising, eating badly. And so we're trying to encourage people and inspire them in a way to, to take action, to live a, a more proactive and healthier life, which in turn, you know, actually improves the healthcare system for those in a way who are really sick also, because you're not going to see the doctor when you have a headache or, you know, your elbow hurts, but actually you're able to, in a way, uh, educate yourself and improve your own health by just making simple, in a way, better choices. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And probably there's some, well, a lot of downstream benefits to when patients become more aware and raise their health literacy. For example, maybe the government will be able to spend less on their health yeah, spending. I mean, or, yeah, I think yeah. absolutely. And then also, um, we have now 35 million monthly users on, on mm. our platform. So we have a huge number of people uh, visiting our platform. And with that comes a huge amount of data also. Mm-hmm. And so that data by sort of really digging deep into it, analyzing it and leveraging machine learning and AI, we're able to build quite, a, quite interesting models and predictive models on health trends and uh, you know, spikes in, in outbreaks of certain conditions or flu or dengue, whatever it is, across the region. And so, yeah, I think in the future we foresee working with uh, organizations and governments to, um, and companies as well in a way to help them better prepare for certain scenarios, but also just share the insight with them such that they can better build you know, policies, hospitals, um, etc. for the populations. Yeah. Mm, okay. So what you're saying is now that Hello Health is providing kind of online content that's easily digestible and understandable mm. uh, for your average patient in a given population, and with the data that you mentioned, you're able to help the government or um, other stakeholders in our sector to understand, um, like you said, if it's flu season, if there are any spikes in the, I guess, the search results yeah. or the, the volume yeah. and um, understanding if patients are like looking for you know, treatments or how to prevent catching the flu and things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. So we're sort of at a, in a way at a, at a size now where 
the data is quite reliable. So if we see changes in, in search trends or search volumes or queries or questions or whatever it is, um, or traffic to certain parts of the website, we're able to then you know, in a way flag it and, and use that insight one to then be able to create in a way real time content that feeds back into our ecosystem, publishes on social media at the right time. So one of the I mean, one of the major things in Asia is always the pollution, especially with the fires in Indonesia that you know push up to say Singapore, Malaysia, mm-hmm. but also in Thailand and Jakarta, you get certain in way seasons where pollution is really, really bad. Uh, during those times we can immediately see in a way in advance both you know the, the increase in pollution but also uh, people's searches change right so you start seeing more people search for asthma for cough for sore eyes for bad skin or whatever it is mm-hmm. and all of those queries were able then to create content that enables people to either you know avoid those those issues or concerns in, in, in real time and so that it's quite interesting uh, in that we can start to help in a way prevent a lot of potential illnesses in a way from providing information in a way up front to these people. So it's, yeah, it's quite interesting. And I think in the future, you know, our data base of your, uh, users is growing quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And so over time, this data pool is only going to get larger and more enriched. And therefore in the future, you know, we foresee uh, a couple of years down the line, being able to do some really interesting predictive models of various conditions. Um, and I think also it enables us to understand the patient a lot better than perhaps the traditional companies have an understanding of, right? So most you know traditional research companies will spend months doing research panels, but they'll still only touch base with either a few hundred or a couple of thousand people at a time, right? We're able in real time to provide feedback to either pharma companies, governments, agencies, consumer health companies by running you know panels or surveys on the platform. Uh, so I can get real time insight into you know what people are feeling, what are their concerns, what are their worries, mm-hmm. uh, where are the gaps in knowledge, and we can feed that back into the industry and the ecosystem to in a way better prepare companies to change their messaging, change their product, you know, whatever it is that's going to help get better outcomes for the patients. Because I think the key, I mean, for us in a way, uh, as an enabler of the, the sort of patient or empower of the patient, um, we're all about better patient outcomes. So when we work with our partners, whether it's yeah, our clients or some of our other health tech partners, it's very much just about how do we get better patient outcomes both individually, but in a way also on the on the mass, right? And there's an interesting article that I'll send you from, tempted to say, I, she's, a, she's an editor in the US for Healthline, and she's reading, writing about whether health tech companies like ours should follow or lead in terms of following being, do you follow the, the search trends, right? And just give people what they're looking for, or do you try and lead and in a way predict or look at the market uh, and see what are the issues that are prevalent in the in the market, right? So diabetes popular, you know, in all these countries in Asia, diabetes is really prevalent and growing very quickly. There's several cancers that are also very prevalent that you don't get so much in the US or the UK. Other conditions as well that are, you know, quite common out here that you don't get so much in the UK or the US or, the, or Europe or wherever. And so one of our roles, I believe, in the ecosystem is to 
to look at the, that data as well and create content that in a way is going to change the industry or change the sort of health landscape by better preparing people in a way for much further in advance, right? Like years in advance, try and make in a way a seismic shift of the health of the nation through better empowerment, better education. So I guess one of the challenges, uh, if I'm imagining this correctly, is you mentioned that um, you need to localize yeah. uh, in different uh, markets to the local language. When you're working across different uh, markets, inevitably you'll be faced with cultural differences. How do you stay sensitive to what the local culture would respond to or would really relate to in terms of like the content and yeah. um, things like that? Yeah, that's a good question. So, I mean, we're a, a very local company, I would say, to Asia. Despite myself being from the UK, across the whole organization, we really have only less than 10 people, right? So less than a few percent of our staff are not from one of the local markets that we operate in. So uh, when we enter a market, you know, in Indonesia, everybody is Indonesian. In Myanmar, everybody is Burmese apart from one person. Right, so we take a very, very local approach, and we hire um, sort of the best content folk in the market, um, such that we get that local nuance. Right, so all our content actually is produced on the ground in that market, so we don't do a lot of translation. I think that's one of the key, uh, you know, success factors of health. Health is all of our content is produced on the ground by local you know, staff, vetted by local physicians and healthcare professionals to ensure that it's obviously locally engaging and locally relevant and it captures you know local nuance but also it's locally medically relevant as well right and also in line with I think what the government thinks and the general sort of uh, understanding of, of that market um, so that's super super important um, and then again based on the data that we analyze before we enter a market, we have a pretty clear picture already of what we need to be writing about and also given our you know, four-year history and, and 35 million plus users, we already know in general what people want to read about. Um, it does differ a little bit by market to market, mm-hmm. but there are definitely some you know, similarities between the markets, right? Ultimately, everyone's human and uh, you know we see uh, similar trends in a lot of these markets. Uh, but there is, yeah, this local nuance, especially when it comes to you know, religion and diet and family and those kind of cultural differences. Yeah, so we work very much locally with our team, uh, but also the healthcare community as well. Okay, yeah, so you're working with local physicians, and would your staff be local staff who are also kind of vetting their content just to make sure that it's... yeah. Yeah, so we have quite a, 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 a very strict um, editorial and, and medical review process for, mm-hmm. for the content. Um, I think that's, that's critical, really. Um, so yeah, we have um, healthcare professionals internal um, in various markets, uh, but also we built a, a network of healthcare professionals that we work with on a regular basis as well. So you know, for, for general topics of health, 
typically it's done by our in-house uh, medical professionals. But for specialist content, right, so if it's diabetes content or if it's cancer content, we'll look for an endocrinologist or an oncologist or, you know, cardiologist for heart disease, etc., to get, in a way, the best in the industry, the best in the market sort of insight and knowledge mm-hmm. to vet that content and then give it a, a specific tone and a specific voice. I guess another layer of you know, producing content is making sure that people are able to find it. So yeah. um, in terms of your content uh, development, do you need to incorporate, uh, for example, SEO practices and just to make sure you know, when people type the key or popular term they're, they're searching for, you know, your content will be on the first page of the search engine? Can you talk yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah, exactly. So I'll, I'll, as, a, as a young company, we're quite stringent on, on how we spend our capital. So our spending is really focused on actually producing the best content possible, right? So investing in, in data, investing in training, investing in our team to produce the best content. And therefore, we don't spend a lot of money on, on marketing, right? Paid marketing or paid acquisition. Um, and for our business model, it doesn't make the most sense. It's not the most economical way to drive traffic. And so actually, yeah, our focus is very much on, on organic um, acquisition of users, right? So that's uh, Google search, that's Facebook, that's other social media channels, and also direct and sort of word of mouth, etc. So yeah, all of our content is vetted for a series of SEO metrics that we measure. Mm-hmm. And each of those is calculated in a way based on our existing pool of data. And then every new article that we produce has to be uh, approved by uh, a series of people, uh, both with SEO expertise, editorial expertise, medical expertise, Mm -hmm. such that it goes live, optimized for search, optimized medically, and optimized for the end user in a way. Um, So that's really, really important. Most of our traffic comes through uh, organic channels. Okay, great. So another issue that is always on the radar for things like digital marketing, especially in the healthcare space, in terms of what you're doing compared to the traditional way of doing market research. We are dealing with people who are searching on the web and this issue of data privacy always comes into the forefront of people's minds. Like, Have you encountered any um, challenges in this area in terms of like speaking to stakeholders and even like patients? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, I mean, data privacy is, is a hot topic for sure everywhere. <laughs> it always comes up. We're not into, I'd say, like electronic medical records, right? So in terms of really personal medical information, we don't hold a lot of that. We have all of the search data. Um, most of it is cookie-based anyway, so it's not even uh, personally identifiable mm-hmm. uh, as to who it is. But I think, you know, I, from my experience, most people, especially in Asia at least, they're not as literate perhaps as say Europe or the UK or the US when it comes to using digital tools. Um, and what that means is that they're quite willing or open to sharing various bits of information with digital platforms in return for either you know speed of service, quality of service, convenience, or whatever it is, or information. Um, I think as a company in this space, it's partly our role in a way to also continue to educate people about their own privacy, right? And what data and information is being provided to platforms. We use all the data to enhance our service, right? And improve the content that we're publishing. Mm -hmm. And in a way, the more data we can collect, 
the better our content will become, the more relevant it will be for that specific user, more personalized it will be, and ultimately we see that as a as a you know benefit for their own health, right? So if um, the content is better, it's more relevant at the right time, then they should be making better choices and ultimately living a healthier life, which is ultimately our, our vision and our goal. But yeah, I think there's a lot of concern in the space, especially when, you know, when we work with partners and big corporates. That's obviously a, a, you know, an area of concern. But typically, we will avoid um, exchange of data with any of our partners mm-hmm. um, in as much as like personalized data. Right? So we do a little bit when users opt in for certain services and certain things, but uh, you know it's all written clearly in the, the policies that we have on our platform. So I think for digital companies like ours, it's just critical that you abide by all of the regulations that are in play at the moment. And you have to keep your finger on the pulse because this is changing really quite quickly as well. And make sure you're abiding by all the local regulations as well as the regional and global regulations mm-hmm. uh, that are coming into play. You know, I think the key is that we're able to use data just to improve our service as much as possible. So a big trend for us is personalization in 2020. Mm-hmm. So taking that data and customizing the experience for you on the Hello Health platform, right? So um, if you're a guy or a girl, you have very different health needs. Mm-hmm. But you know, today most platforms will just show you the same thing, the same experience, right? But actually, you need very different experiences because you have very, very, very different health issues um, and likelihood of health issues. And so by gathering enough data, we're able to then personalize the experience a bit better for different users, whether you're old or young, diabetic or interested in fitness or whatever it is. And if we can serve you the right content at the right time, I think it's going to drive you know better health outcomes for the patients and the users of our platform. So that's quite... It's a balancing act, but I think mm-hmm. patients in general in Asia, literacy on, on privacy and data exchange will go up. But at the same time, you see markets like Indonesia is the highest ad blocking rate in the world out of all mm-hmm. countries. So I, I see you know, a bit of both, really. Some markets in Asia, they're, they're, they're not so sharp on this stuff, but, but other markets, they have clear preferences for experiences in digital platforms and so yeah indonesia high side blocking in the world so they obviously have made, in a way made a choice <laughs> of what experience they like and so for us it's yeah you know, as a publisher it's how do we then engage them in a seamless and enjoyable environment i think for, for platforms like ours is really just critical to understand what does the end user want and how do you give them an experience that benefits them right and doesn't spam them with stuff that's not interesting or not relevant and to do that we need the data to be able to customize that experience right mm-hmm. um, so i think what i see in the future is people will continue to to share the data for convenience and for better experiences but they will definitely become more conscious of who is seeing their data and what data is being provided and how that data is being used but i still think we're probably in asia of you know, a few years of people becoming fully literate on, on this stuff. I think really in the world, actually, people aren't fully literate. I think <laughs> most people will click the terms and conditions box. Yeah, without, usually at the bottom. Without reading Except it. cookies. And yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, I mean, there are a lot of regulations coming into play that are going to help. Um, mm-hmm. 
I think, you know, as an industry, it's just about being responsible for this information, right? I mean, people entrust you with some of their information and data, and it really comes down to the companies to not abuse it, to use it in the right way. For us, they give it to us, for us to provide them better content, better information, enable them to make better choices, which, yeah, we're very much, you know, fixated on on doing that with our data. Um, we don't really have any other agendas with it. And that ultimately is going to help us grow our platform. It's going to reinvest in content. It's going to move everything forward in the end. Yeah, I'm, I'm really fascinated by how granular the data becomes for, you know, especially in, this, in these areas, because like I said, if you, know, you have a certain search volume for something more female specific, you can you know, look at that and compare it with government estimates. Yeah. For a particular yeah. uh, disease, say breast cancer, for example, yeah, and uh, I'm sure that would be quite helpful for the government to know, and also understanding, you know, market penetration rate and how active the population is online, yeah, um, and their kind of interest in searching for a health result. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's very interesting to see all the data flow in and, and see what people are searching for, and yeah. we can get I mean, incredibly granular on, on what people are asking, what are their concerns, what are their challenges, so, you know, you can go a lot deeper than, say, our topic like breast cancer, I mean, it's really, is it the symptoms, is it the causes, is it, what are people really looking for, yeah. and in a way, also, where are the gaps in knowledge, is it on how to test for it, how to get checked, like, what are the risks, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of yeah interesting stuff that we can dive into, um, which, again, in the future is only going to get deeper and deeper. Um, yeah. And from that, you know, again, uh, looking to sort of enhance our experience on the platform through understanding that data and understanding the users a bit, a bit better, yeah. Well, there's a good way to kind of move into the user experience. So I'm just wondering if I'm a patient and, you know, I live in, say, Indonesia, I am feeling unwell. I go on my laptop and I, I search. First of all, do most people across uh, markets use Google yeah. for searching? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I go on Google and I search. I click onto a website produced by Hello Help. What am I expecting to see on that page? And can you take me through the journey, yeah, the patient sure. journey? Yeah. So typically, um, yeah, you're right. So typically, people search on on Google. Uh, some markets are different. Myanmar, Cambodia is purely pretty much Facebook driven. Um, but so Indonesia is an example. Yeah, it's very search driven, mm-hmm. and Google being the predominant search engine there. So people will typically search for I mean, a variety of things. But often, what we see is it's it's definitely a lot of symptom-related searches. And you can sort of see, in a way, also where people are at in their healthcare journey, right? So someone searching for symptoms has very different needs, actually, to someone searching for a treatment option, right? So someone searching for a treatment option already knows perhaps what's wrong with them. Maybe they've already been to a doctor. They want to find out, you know, where can I get treated? What do I need to buy? Where can I buy it, et cetera? So, our goal is is to interpret what are people searching, and then when they land on our platform, it's to serve them content, um, services, uh, partner offerings that essentially push them further down that health journey mm-hmm. um, towards the end result, right? Which is ultimately getting treated, getting better, or whatever it is. So, if someone searches for something on, on our Indonesia platform, come to our website, they'll they'll see the content that's vetted by one of our healthcare professionals. 
they can then read that. They'll be recommended articles that are similar or perhaps related uh, or relevant. And so this, back to my point on the should you follow or should you lead, if someone is searching for a topic that's you know highly related to another topic, but the connection is not that commonly known, right? Mm-hmm. So you could look at diabetes and your eye health, right? So a lot of diabetics have issues with their eyes or, or they get blisters or whatever it is. Often people don't tie those things together. However, they're very medically relevant and related. And so often what we'll do is we'll not just show you more diabetes content, but we'll also show you content that's potentially really very relevant to you. Um, but you might just not know it, right? And so um, we try and do that in a predictive sense. So looking at, okay, if I'm now searching for a pregnancy article, why well, a few months, I'm probably going to have a child or have a baby. And so at that point of time, we should probably be showing you child-related topics or baby-related topics rather than how to get pregnant topics, right? Mm-hmm. So we try and personalize the experience on the platform in terms of recommendations of you know, what you should be reading or what you can read. Um, one, to drive up engagement, keep users in our ecosystem as long as possible such that we can gather get more information, but also they can get as much information out of our platform as possible. And then we'll also, depending on the stage of the journey that we estimate they're at, we'll also do you know pop-ups or lead generation or display services of our partners. Um, so that could be insurance companies, it should could be consumer health companies, it could be uh, medical device companies, uh, anything like this to again ultimately help navigate the user towards a solution that's going to be beneficial for them. So that's sort of the the basic journey. Users can freely navigate throughout the website as well so they can discover categories of content. Um, So if they're on pregnancy, they might also be interested in nutrition or they might be interested in fitness. So they can clearly navigate easily towards those categories and discover more content there. Mm-hmm. They can search on our website, so they can search for a specific product or condition. Um, and so, in a way, as they're reading content on the platform or watching videos, they might learn new words or new topics or new things uh, to do with the health. They can then easily just search on our platform and discover that content as well. And so, one of our key goals is to have the largest library of content such that whatever question you have, we have an answer for you. Mm. And so we have, you know, a big content team producing a lot of content every day. And our goal there is really that if you have a any health question, Hello Health will have an answer for you. And so that's yeah, really key in, in our mission is to continue building our library into new areas and new topics and different angles because again people have different interpretations or preferences for, for types of content or formats of content or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on our website, we also have um, a series of health tools where people can uh, plug in some of their own data and we'll give them uh, results. Uh, so BMI checker, ovulation calculator, a child growth chart. So you can put in the weight of your child and you can find out are they overweight, underweight for that age and stage of development. And then we'll recommend articles that they can read to ultimately you know, help enhance the health of, of themselves or their family or their child. So that's really the, the goal. I mean, as I said in the beginning, it's very much about inspiring people to make a better choices for themselves and their families when it comes to their health. Yeah. 
Mm, okay, so you mentioned working with local partners and perhaps linking them to their kind of resources on the on your websites as well. What kind of local partners do you work with? For example, are there links to like a hospital website or pharmacy? Yeah, or things like that. Yeah, that's a good question. So yeah, I mean we we work with. A variety of different partners, you know, anything from insurance companies to telemedicine platforms to, yeah, pharmacy chains to hospitals. So, anything like this, um, we'll display on our platform, and users can sort of navigate to it freely, or we'll display it, um, you know, during their experience on on the website. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a bit different by market. Um, we don't have. At the moment, a full spectrum of partners in every single country. It's somewhat dependent on the market demand and what we see people you know, needing uh, and looking for. And so, the goal there really is, yeah, give them the option to take another step in their healthcare journey. Not force them, but it's provide the accessibility to that choice, right, and make it easy for them to make that choice. We also have uh, a second platform, which is a medical tourism bookings platform called GoCare. Uh, so that is um, targeting people who want to travel or potentially need to travel for healthcare across Asia. So looking at Indonesians traveling to Malaysia or Vietnamese traveling to Thailand or whatever it is. We also present those options and enable, enable people to make a to make a choice there. Mm, okay, yeah, I'll definitely need to get that link from you sure. for this uh, same platform so I can include it in the show notes. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, we're coming to the end of our discussion. But before I let you go, I want to know more about this new decade. Now that we're in twenty twenty, sure. Um, Hello Health has been working hard. I'm sure for the past five years. Yeah. First of all, you know what what has the company accomplished in the past five years in terms of uh, expanding across markets? Yeah. How many users or these metrics you've seen, and also. The second part is this new decade. What kind of plans sure. does the company have? Yeah, um, yeah, we've been working uh, very, very hard for the last <laughs> few years. Um, I'm very excited for the next few years as well. So, in the last few years, we've really focused on uh, building sort of regional geography and presence. So we have eight platforms or eight local platforms live across the region in uh, in eight languages. 35 million plus users a month visit our platform. We have 11 million social media followers uh, across the markets and platforms. So in that sense, we're the largest in the region for digital health content uh, at the moment. Uh, We're the only regional player as well. So that was very much in our ambition from the beginning, is we wanted to be regional, we wanted to be the largest. Um, and so the next few years, um, it really is focused on you know deepening our penetration into the markets that we're already in. It's uh, geographical expansion, so we're still focused on several more markets over the coming twelve to eighteen months. Most of these markets are non-English speaking countries, um, with a view that uh, you know the, the information is not as accessible or useful to people if they can't speak English uh, at the moment. And so we're still focused on on building localized platforms in more geographies across Asia. And then, yeah, I think going forward is leveraging our data to improve our service offering, right? So both for our our, our users, but also our partners and and clients that we work with. So in a way, the the bigger we grow, the more data we have, 
the more useful it is for us to improve the content on the platform. So we're very much focused on, on that and in building the team, building more offices. So we're hiring uh, quite aggressively at the moment for the region. And so it's very, you know, really, really exciting. Sounds great. Yeah. So, okay, finally, how do people kind of find out more about Hello Health Group and where can people sure. contact you or follow you? And Sure. Yeah. So I think if you're or if you're a user or a patient or a consumer um, in one of our local markets, then essentially you can go to our local platform, find us on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube, uh, or go on Google and, and search for us or search for a health condition and you'll most likely find us uh, near the top of the search engines. Um, if for, for sort of corporate partnerships, um, we have our corporate website, which is hellohealthgroup.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and everywhere else, so uh, people can find me as well. I can give you my email for, for people to reach out as well if they have opportunities to collaborate or everything. So again, as a, as a young company, I mean, we're quite keen to, to you know work with the ecosystem to help build better outcomes for patients. So uh, whether it's a corporate, whether it's a pharma company, whether it's an insurance company, whether it's another health tech startup, uh, we're quite keen and willing to collaborate to build you know, a better ecosystem uh, in the region. Sounds good. So thanks for your time, Chris. Pleasure. Thank you very much uh, for having yeah. me. Yeah. So that's it for this episode of Asia Healthcare Podcast. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Um, it really helps the show and you know keep my career alive as well and this uh, kind of side project going. Um, so yeah, I'll see you next time.